Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. I hope everybody's doing well, being well, and staying well. Y'all better be drinking y'all water, getting y'all some rest. This week is uh, daylight savings. So y'all go ahead and get y'all's rest. Um, I know that we are already training our little one to withstand the time change we have already upped her her bedtime so you know her usual bedtime I know it's late but she's a night owl like her daddy I would be in bed at eight if I could (laughs) I love being in bed I love going to sleep I am a house cat um I just mm -mm, I just want to be up in my house I love home um but yes we've upped her little bedtime by an hour we're doing things like just a little bit earlier so she's not completely thrown off when Sunday comes um because Sunday is going to be a very weird day (laughs) very very weird I knew the time change was strange as a single woman you know which you know was strange as a married woman it is strange as a parent like you are responsible for the first of all you're responsible for a whole nother human and their experiences on this earth and then the time just decides hey you know what we're gonna do shift the schedule that you have to keep this person sane and happy and well fed and well rested it's it's a fun time of year I thought we were gonna stop doing this (laughs) I thought I read somewhere where we were gonna stop doing this but I guess not um anyway we're good otherwise uh what do I want to tell you guys okay last week's episode of the reclaimed podcast was entitled you ain't got to lie Rachel and uh, we talked about George Santos we talked about black fishing and we talked about the new version the 2023 version of Rachel Dolezal um head on over like I always say there is one person who loves the fact that you binge this podcast and it is me um otherwise no one minds feel free there's like over 200 episodes um and I have a exciting announcement about that at the end of the show but before we get into this week's episode I want to shout out my co-host um on our separate podcast separate from this one called the problematic podcast Rita Richardson she's Rita Richardson Rowe rather um because she's married now she's a married woman now um shout out to Shay beautiful wedding beautiful just oh it was just oh I'm so happy for my friends um anyway yes I have I actually am in three different podcasts but I'm speaking about the problematic podcast this week um it is how it sounds we talk about all sorts of things that are problematic and talk about ways that we are problematic um maybe to try to be better maybe to just connect as human beings who are faulty and flawed and just are trying to make it out here in these ufo filled streets so (laughs) it is what it is and it's fine um but yes i wanted to shout out that you guys can go ahead and listen to episodes of the problematic podcast we are literally ready to start your week so you end your week with me here on the reclaim podcast and you start your week with the problematic podcast and yeah 
it's a fun time. So why don't y'all go ahead over and show your support and give a listen. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for all of my little announcements. Now let's get to these church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. I'll let you know right now at the top of the show, these are things that I don't want to talk about and I regret sharing these new, this news with you. Hi, welcome to the uh, church announcements, which this week might as well be the wrap up rant because the two top stories I'm getting ready to talk about are things that I 100% definitely do not want to discuss at all. Um, I am disappointed in these humans. Um, not that I am the ultimate judge of these people. I don't want to judge these people, but I'm disappointed in their actions. And anyway, let's start with Alice Walker. And I paused because I'm really frustrated by this story that I learned on International Women's Day. So on International Women's Day, we're supposed to be celebrating all things, you know, all things women, um, talk about women's issues, you know, like the pay gap and the pink tax and, you know, being safe, you know, while just existing and empowerment and healthcare and rights to our bodies and all that stuff like that. Alice Walker decided to go on her platform, uh, Alice Walker's Garden, and cape up for a transphobe. Now, you guys know, I have said it regularly, that if your feminism isn't intersectionality, um, if, if your feminism isn't intersectional, rather, it might as well be white supremacy and lipstick. And... I cannot tell you how disgusted, purely disgusted I am with Alice Walker on tonight um, as I'm recording this, but probably will be upset with her because I don't understand why she needed to do this. So she went on her little platform and defended the likes of J.K. Rowling. Now, remember we talked about J.K. Rowling. You guys already know who J.K. Rowling is. If you don't know who J.K. Rowling is, J.K. Rowling is the creator of the Harry Potter series. Harry Potter, for whatever reason, got the Christian right really, really mad. Uh, maybe it was the, the wands and the wizarding and the witchcraft. And, you know, it's not like anyone's drawing pentagrams on anyone or it's devil worship. But, hey, imagination. Ooh, frightening. <sighs> So J.K. Rowling was a pariah for against those folks. And I remember personally defending her against some of even my folks where I'm like, they're like, it's witchcraft. I'm like, is it really witchcraft? It's demonic. I'm like, where'd you see a demon in the books? Well, I haven't read it. So how do you know it's demonic? How do you know? You don't. You're, you're going off of what someone, someone told you as opposed to finding out for yourself, finding out your own information. Now, I remember personally defending J.K. Rowling to my own family. And in hindsight, I should have let them eat her up and tear her apart, tear her down. I just personally like the Harry Potter stories. Shout out to the Hufflepuffs. Um, but yeah, y'all. 
Alice Walker went ahead onto her platform, Alice Walker's Garden, and defended J.K. Rowling, who in the last few years, I don't know why, I don't know why, decided to essentially disclose that she was a transphobe, that she was a big transphobe, and that she only believes that biological women are women. And around these parts, we say women are women. Women who identify as women are women. And that includes all women. And it's just, it's simple as that for us over here. Um, apparently not, it's not that simple for JK over there. Um, and apparently not for Alice either, because Alice decided to post the following um, as a reflection from J.K. Rowling's, did y'all know J.K. Rowling had a podcast? I did not know that J.K. Rowling had a podcast, but J.K. Rowling has a podcast. Um, it's called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, which I'm like, girl, all right, <laughs> I roll. Anyway, so Alice Walker, <sighs> first of all, she uses some really, she uses a, a anti-gay slur um, in the piece and I'm like right off the bat huh like the f a few sentences in um, and I refuse to read that um, let's start here I consider JK Rowling perfectly within her rights as a human be as a human being of obvious caring for humanity to express her views about whatever is of concern to her as she has done I also believe that listening to each other before going Going for the match would put some distance between us in the Middle Ages. As an elder, which I take seriously, I must remind us that there is no right, quote, there is no, quote, right witch, quote, to burn. Perhaps only our own lack of awareness of being erased long before robotic AI females were foisted upon society's consciousness? Primarily as slaves, sex workers, and sex toys. What are we talking about, Alice? By this I mean, for instance, she, I guess she heard me. By this I mean, for instance, that women, quotes around women, for whatever sinister reason, was being erased from, erased in language well before she, her, was being, was being disappeared from dictionaries and society. All right, that's enough. Um... This is a huge disappointment. This is a huge, huge disappointment. Not the word woman isn't going anywhere. If anything, the word woman is expanding in its definition. It's simply expanding to include more people, which happens. You know, there was a time where in certain manuscripts, they were like, all men are created equal. Well, are you only referring to men? Are you, you know, they were referring to humankind, but like we have now expanded that language to be more inclusive by saying all people are created equal. Language adapts, language changes, language shifts, language expands. That's what language does. As society allegedly progresses, so should our language. But the word woman isn't going anywhere. It's not disappearing from dictionaries. It's not being erased from the lexicon. It's literally just expanding. And I don't understand what the problem is. I don't get why 
so many women feel so vehemently passionate to exclude trans women like what what's the real issue what is the real issue because i don't get it i just don't get it and i'm trying to and it's like it's too late in the evening for this (laughs) it's too late in the evening for me to be trying to figure out insanity so i'm going to save myself of that um the ai female thing that was that's very strange um woman for whatever sinister reason was being erased in the language well before she her was being disappeared from dictionaries and society she her has is going nowhere those are pronouns those are people's pronouns those are my pronouns <laughs> they're not going anywhere if anything they like women like the word woman and women is expanding I, and i don't I, I don't get the frustration with people when, you know, with feminists in particular, who know the struggle of being excluded, who know how identity can be a, a, a powerful, wonderful, impactful thing, but can also be used against you. I don't get how people who are in marginalized communities or have been have experienced some type of marginalization in and of themselves can marginalize others. I just don't get it. And it's not like we're talking about like pariahs, like we're talking about people who are are intent to do harm or, you know, are really affecting society in a dangerous and unhealthy way. I mean, at least not from what the stats say, because let me tell you something. The way I've been looking at these stats lately, especially because of another story that I'm going to jump into and jump out of, y'all know that they are now in certain states banning drag shows. This has nothing to do with the trans community. This is more to do with like the folks who do drag, which I guess you, not I guess, you can, I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. And I'm going to lean on my queer family to explain that to me. All I know is I, it's my job as a human being who cares about other human beings to break down the walls that people try to use to separate us and build tables and chairs and welcome people to have a seat. The only people who are not welcome are the ones who are filled with hate because I will protect this table. It is my job to protect this table while building it. And I will not let those who sit here be privy to the violence and the hatred that is within the hearts of folks who can't deal with the fact that some people live a different life than them. Some people worship differently. Some people love differently. Some people live differently. Some people work differently. Some people exist differently. And those differences aren't an indictment against our own lives. They are just a reminder that there is diversity in nature and so too should there be diversity within the human being um, population. I'm weirded out. I'm weirded out by all of this. I'm so incredibly disappointed at Alice Walker for putting on this cape for for J.K. Rowling, a billionaire who does not need her help, a billionaire who is just I actually I don't even know if she's a billionaire, but a very, 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 very wealthy white woman who does not need her help. (sighs) 
I miss the time. I miss the time. And this is going to make me sound really old. I miss the time where I didn't know all these facts and things about the heroes and the people who I looked up to. I miss the time where there was a separation between the work that people produced and the, these, these discussions that are happening online. I miss that. Um, because this is, this is beyond disappointing. This is, this is trash. This opinion is trash. Um, and that's all I really can say about it because I literally just found out about it an hour ago, but I wanted to at least touch on the topic. Um, I'll probably touch more deeply on it next week during women's history month. Alice Walker, have you lost your mind? Speaking of people who lost their minds, did y'all see Chris Rock's, uh, special? I had to read about it because after a few minutes, I just, I, I had to turn it off. Like self-care, <laughs> self-care. I have to preserve myself. I have to take care of myself. And myself said, hey, this isn't going well. Let's do something else. And I said, self, you know what? Let's go ahead. Um, but I did read about it. I did read about it on a few different sites. Actually, The Hollywood Reporter um, and The Root did a, a immaculate job of covering these you know people had multiple opinions about what they were seeing and I was like okay girl that's fine this is where we are and that's fine um I'm actually pulling up the Hollywood Reporter story but I can't find it anyway I'm just gonna tell you what I thought um so in my reading, Jesus Lord, in my reading, I, I didn't expect, like, I know Chris Rock, like I know Chris, I don't know him personally, but I'm saying I know his comedy, you know, he's usually doing that voice wobbly thing, um, where he like. You know, he's just yelling into the microphone and, you know, it's very like, it's like he's trying to talk over something or someone, but that something or someone doesn't exist. So it's just him making a lot of noise. It's like that. Um, and sometimes that's funny. Sometimes that's impactful. Sometimes that gets to the point. Um, but this particular line that he yelled, I was not okay. Uh, it's a line that says, I was raised, Chris Rock yelled into the microphone. I was raised that you don't fight in front of white people. And then he has his mic drop moment. And then th his Netflix special, Selective Outrage, ends. <sighs> and reading this, I was shocked. I was literally shocked. I'm like, you did not end with the thing that people have criticized you on for years. You did not end your comedy special, which was essentially your commentary on something that happened to you that was pretty traumatic. Anyone who has any level of empathy in heart would, would empathize with Chris Rock and say, oh, that was traumatic. Whether he deserved it or not, whether you think he deserved it or not, you can empathize and say that, hey, being embarrassed in front of millions of people by a star who was previously was beloved by almost every single person who didn't really rock the boat um 
who was safe and reliable and trustworthy of a star, um, you know, still a human, still with his flaws, still with his mistakes. But, you know, Will Smith was, you know, people love Will Smith until Will Smith came out and slapped Chris Rock. And then all the crazy broke loose. We have talked, we talked about this multiple times because the way certain folks act about that slap, you would have thought it was Russia invading the Ukraine. And I'm like, he slapped the man. Judd Apatow, I will never forget it, tweeted, he could have killed him. And we were like, a slap? An open palm slap. It's not like he came up there with like a dinner knife. It's not like he came up there and started to strangle him. He slapped him. I've seen worse on the Real Housewives. Pick a franchise. Pick one. I've seen worse on it. I digress. Because <laughs> I was going to go into this whole rant about how people adore, adored Will Smith. And then he was suddenly, after this one mistake, the big black brute and... People who had who were nowhere near the Oscars had no were nowhere near what was going on, had no experience with any of this. Were watching at home. Suddenly, they personally felt victimized. And I'm like, girl, if y'all don't sit down with this, oh, you big black brute, you so get get out of here. Y'all need to address y'all anti-blackness against against black men. But this story, this what I'm about to talk about is Chris Rock. So I expected him to talk about the slap. I did. I expected that to happen. What I didn't expect is for Chris Rock to end what was what I read from a pretty unfunny special that sounded more like a rant on a conservative news channel than a reflection from a once observant and aware cultural critic in a funny way. I didn't expect him to trauma dump on the audience. Yeah, because what happened to him being humiliated center stage for millions of people around the world to see was traumatic. That was very traumatic. And I have nothing but empathy for him in that situation. But this comedy special wasn't it. I want to shout out. Let's do in those tweets while we're at it. Um, I want to shout out Ernest Owens, who um, just actually his book just released the case for cancel culture. This is not an ad. Um, but yeah, his book just released and you guys should go get it because yeah, it looks amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to read it myself. I actually need to get out of this house and pick up my copy. Um, but yeah, Ernest Owens tweeted, massage noir in comedy is Chris Rock joking, about, joking that black people don't fight in front of white people while proceeding to call a black woman a bitch in front of white people after being slapped for disrespecting a black woman's hair in front of white people at another event. Well said, well said. Like I said, there was a lot of other things that Chris Rock talked about and none of it landed well none of it really landed well like from what I'm reading and what I'm hearing like it was unfunny and here's the thing people are allowed to be unfunny people are allowed to work through their issues people are allowed to voice you know their opinions and things like I remember uh Dave Chappelle's special I think it was before the before the trans foolishness um where 
I think he was talking about Black Lives Matter. And it's like he, I expected a comedy special, but he was honestly just sitting there as a black man reflecting. And I think everybody was like in their masks still and socially distanced. And it was very, very interesting and compelling. Like comedians are some of the deepest thinkers about culture and society and life and art and, and, and deep concepts. Like you have to be smart to be a comedian. You simply must. The problem comes in to where if you're actually, unlike Dave Chappelle in that moment, if you're actually trying to be funny. So during his special, Chris Rock peppered in some tasteless jokes about trans people, which, you know, we just talked about, like, why? Leave trans people alone. Leave trans people alone. (sighs) Disrespected the massive 2020 movement for black lives. Um that's the part where I thought that he sounded the most like a conservative pundit. And I'm like, Oh, you should just go on Tucker. Just go ahead on Tucker. Like you already let them folks call you the N word. Anyway, we all saw the Lewis key Lewis CK video, um, of him just hard ER calling you an N word and you just sitting there smiling like Sambo, just taking it. If you don't know what Sambo is, look it up. I don't right now. I don't feel like explaining that. Anyway, Long and the short. Then in the same special, Chris Rock made fun of NBA player Draymond Green, um, who happens to be a dark-skinned man. And I thought we were over the, you so dark. Like, I thought we were over the jokes about, like, skin color in our community. No, we're not over that. Like, that's something that we're just going to continue to do. Even if, like, folks are saying, like, that stuff's not funny anymore, we can move along. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it doesn't land well. Like, Van Lathan, I was listening to um, Higher Learning, and he said it, was just, it's, it just wasn't funny. Like, none of these things are funny. Um, he, so he made fun of Draymond Green's being dark, but he also made fun of Meghan Markle for being light-skinned uh, because she's biracial. And he said she won, the, she won the skin lottery or some nonsense like that. I was like, oh, so we're colorists too. So we're not only just misogynists, we're also a colorist awesome um he also made fun of megan and said she used the race card which really and truly the only people who i know who use the race card and i deal with these people weekly and you guys see it on my instagram stories you know we have we have group sessions where we make fun of these folks anyone who talks who uses the race card thinks that race is a game and of all people chris rock should know better should know better um he made fun of the racism that Meghan Markle faced while being a royal. And I'm like, that was real. Like, not only in the documentary, but like actual news reports that show that her life was in danger a lot of times. And the crown did nothing to protect her. And that's not okay. But, you know, for, for jokes. Um, I want to shout out Tore. Um, from the Torre show, he said, whoa, Chris Rock's jokes about Draymond's darkness were not about, quote, exposing the black community's colorism, end quote. They were about Draymond's color and laughing about it. That part could work in a room that's all black, but on a national stage, cringe. But I'm like, I don't think it would work in a room full of black people either. Like not in this time. Like, no one thinks that type of stuff is funny. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. 
Um, so then he he gets to the the slap situation, and I expected him to go off on Will because Will was the one who stood up from his seat. Will had complete agency, complete control of his body, complete control of his actions, complete control of his mind. And he took that moment and he did something that he should not have done, which was slap Chris Rock for telling a bad joke um, about Jada Pinkett. And whether he knew or not, or cared or not about her struggle, her struggle with alopecia, um, it's beside the point because he, she shouldn't have told the joke, but Will definitely, 100% should not have slapped him. That all being said, why were so many of his jokes about Jada? Jada Pinkett, who sat there just like all the rest of us on Oscar night and was baffled at what they, what, what we were all witnessing. We watched this man who was extremely beloved by all of us slap another man who according to reports allegedly has been obsessed with Jada Pinkett Smith for most of my adult life actually all of my adult life it said 30 years <laughs> I am 38 so most of my life period this man has been obsessed with Jada Pinkett Smith and can't stop talking about her can't stop making jokes about her can't just won't leave her alone um and it just reflects in this, this, his show, um, calling her a bitch over and over and over and over and over again. But we don't fight in front of white folks. We can disrespect each other in front of white folks. We can use colorism in front of white folks. We can talk about, we could diminish the experiences of, of racism that we all experienced in front of white folks, we can diminish that massive movement, that, that massive civil rights movement, the biggest civil rights movement of the 21st century. We could dismiss that in front of white folks, but God forbid we fight in front of white folks because I was raised. Did your parents raise you to let folks call you the N-word, Chris? Sorry, that was my baby monitor, y'all. Everything's fine. The battery's dying. Um... Did your folks raise you to use the N-word, Chris? I mean, not to use the N-word, but to let white folks call you the N-word, Chris? Hmm? Because that doesn't seem like raising. That seems like conditioning. That seems like don't rock the boat. Don't make things too, too uncomfortable. Stay good within the white gaze. And that's no way to live. And that's no way to celebrate who we are as a people our culture our heritage our stories I don't know I've never I don't like respectability politics and we've talked about this numerous times that I think res res people who observe reflect and embrace respectability politics need to check their pulse because nothing we do we nothing we could do here here's an example of good respectability politics Tulsa Oklahoma the neighborhood of Greenwood Right. You know, the, the lie is you work hard, you pull yourself up from your bootstraps, you start your own business, you go to school, you, you, you get your own place, you become a homeowner and, and, and life is good for you. But you got to be willing to work. There was an entire 
neighborhood of black folks becoming wealthy, circulating money within our own neighborhood. Um, there were schools, there was a movie theater, churches, library, um, stores, lots of stores. I believe there was a doctor and a dentist in this one spot. And they firebombed it over the course of days. Racists raided it with the help of law enforcement. This is in the history books, y'all. Black Wall Street. So every time anyone brings up respectability politics, I point to that. I'm like, they are the definition of respectability politics and see what happened. Look what happened. Mm hmm. It's a lie. But don't fight in front of white folks because I was raised. And all the things that he was saying about Jada and Will, to just be honest, should have been reserved to a journal or a therapy session. Or if you have to get it out of your body and you must say it, a good confidant. None of them were, none of the things he's saying were really jokes. They were the rantings of a 58 year old man who has not done the work of processing what he has been through. Which he had plenty of time to do and money and access to do. I don't know why we had to be privy to his rantings and his ravings. <sighs> Rather than centering Will as the object of his fury for the slap, because he's the person who did it, Chris Rock, a 58-year-old man, blamed Jada, who sat there, like I said, stunned like the rest of us. I want to shout out Chica, because Chica says, Chris Rock, well, I'm not going to say that. Um, you used an onstage moment to take a jab at a woman you have an offstage grudge against. Got the shit slapped out of you, rightfully so, and now you are using white people's cl clutching of pearls to paint yourself as a victim while continuing your tirade. Chica's not wrong. Chica's not wrong. Uh, Kyla Lacey, shout out to Kyla Lacey. Kyla Lacey says, Chris Rock make." Chris Rock makes comedy for white people who have a black friend. Again, not wrong. All this Netflix special proves is that Chris Rock is out of touch. He filled a alleged comedy special. Netflix's first live comedy special. The very first one that they were going to have with quips about things that were happening in 2020 leggings discussions. Uh, a random insert of of wanting to date Doja Cat and he doesn't it's obvious that he doesn't know who Doja Cat is um colorism massage noir um and ended with his own repressed feelings about the slap incident he disrespected the movement for black lives insulted a black man for being too dark reduced the experience of a biracial woman and said that she was using the race card then he called jada pinkett smith a bitch over and over and over and over and over again for something she did not do or had no control over he wraps his show with a line that shows what he was truly upset about the thing he was really upset about was not that he got slapped, not that he got slapped by Will Smith, not that he got slapped by Will Smith for saying something ridiculous, but that he got embarrassed in front of white folks. There is the thing that he was actually upset by and how he was perceived by the white gaze rather than insulting like the man who actually like did the thing. He attacks Jada. 
it doesn't make any sense to me. It truly doesn't. <sighs> he was very comfortable doing all of that, including making a joke about being excited to see Will Smith, who was current, who was in this particular joke. Um, he was referring to emancipation where Will Smith is playing um, an enslaved person. He said he was excited to see him get whipped. And I'm like, sir, sir, you're making a joke about a very painful, awful, terrible time in our people's history. Just because you're mad at Will Smith, you would want to see an enslaver, a human trafficker beat him. That's the thing that got you excited. You see, Sambo vibes. It really makes me uncomfortable. Perhaps instead of a $40 million Netflix special, Chris Rock should get some therapy. Turn off the conservative news and maybe tap back into where the culture is now. We've moved on from who the Kardashians are dating. We have moved on from the discussion of, of what happened in the summer of 2020. Like have something relevant to say, have something fresh to say, have something new to say, have something, have something to say. And you know, if this was him working out his traumas, okay, all right. And you got $20 million, $40 million to do so. But don't, I don't know. I really do think that this Netflix special, especially the half part about like Jada Pinkett Smith and stuff like that, that could have all been a good therapy session where he could have worked all that out. And, you know, I expected, I wanted, I wanted this to be a triumphant return for Chris. I really did. I really wanted him to win in this. And he disappointed me. He disappointed me. He came off as douchey and out of touch and <sighs> I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm very very frustrated with with everybody apparently. I'm frustrated with Chris Rock. I'm frustrated with Alice Walker. I'm frustrated that JK Rowling ruined like everything for everybody I'm frustrated that there are folks who thinks that this type of comedy is funny I'm frustrated at the folks who blame who will blame a woman for a man's actions time and time again whether it's Jada Pinkett Smith and how she is allegedly controlling Will Smith or it's that girl who happens to wear that dress and people use that as the reason why she got assaulted I am tired of that narrative I'm tired of people blaming women and the things that we may or may not do for the awful things, the terrible things, the terrible reactions and, and actions and harm that men do. Jada was sitting in her chair. She did nothing more than roll her eyes at the bad joke. She didn't tell Will to go get him. At least not from any camera angle that any of us saw. But even if she did... Will Smith is a grown ass man. I don't know if y'all know. Will Smith is a grown man who has agency and has power and has, has control over himself. Even if she told him to go get him, Will could have been like, the, the Oscars, child, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Will is grown and Will has owned up to his own mistakes. He already has owned up to this. He's already trying to make atonement for this. 
Chris Rock, on the other hand, is ranting and raving like a petulant child who has finally gotten his opportunity to tell his side, to tell his story. And rather than focusing on the person who actually did the harm, who actually did the harm, he blames the person who has been like low-key obsessed with for three decades. And it's, it's very telling. It's very disappointing. <sighs> so, yeah, that's, that's it for the show. I'm tired. <laughs> I, I'm honestly, I'm tired. Like that wore me out. I just, mm-mm-mm. I'm really, really disappointed in so many folks. Uh, actually, you know, I got something for y'all before we end the show. I want to play a clip of a, a interaction that I saw on Twitter. It is maybe two minutes long. Um, it is between Missouri. No, that's not Missouri. Y'all, I'm tired. It's between Representative Phil Cristofanelli um, and Representative Ann Kelly. They're both Republican, and they're both talking about a bill that Ann has uh, created and um, she wants in all schools. So uh, let's go ahead and take a listen. Read you the, the language in your bill. No classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties relating to sexual orientation or gender identity shall occur. Uh, Lady, you mentioned George Washington. Who is Martha Washington? His wife. Under your bill, how could you mention that in the classroom? So to me, that's not sexual orientation. Really? So it's only really certain sexual orientations that you want prohibited from introduction in the classroom. have language to make that better, to make it where you're not talking. Lady, I didn't introduce your bill. Okay. Uh, and I, I didn't write it. You wrote it. And so I'm asking what it means. Which sexual orientations do you believe should be prohibited from Missouri classrooms? We all have a moral compass. And my moral compass is compared with the Bible. Lady, I believe during your testimony, you said that you didn't want teachers' personal beliefs entering the classroom, but it seemed a lot like your personal belief you would like to enter all Missouri classrooms. You can, you can believe something without, in, without, in, without putting that onto somebody by the way you behave. And you can have beliefs and morals and values that guide you through life. I, I don't dispute that, but I'm asking about the language of your bill and how it would permit the mention of the historical figure, Martha Washington. Could you explain that to me? So what does she, why, why is she famous? Is she famous because she's married with, to George Washington? It seems like that would be a relevant fact in her biography, yes. Could it be mentioned under the plain reading language of your bill? Is that a no? I, I, I don't know, sir. Okay. 
I told y'all it was Missouri. See, look, I be knowing. Yeah, so that was Missouri State Representative Phil Cristofanelli criticizing uh, Representative Ann Kelly. Um, like I said, they're both Republicans, and this is not an endorsement of any other persons on that chat. But I think it's very interesting and very funny. Remember how I said y'all got to ask better questions? Remember how I said y'all had to ask better questions? That is what I mean. That is 100% what I mean. The breakdown. The <laughs> the absolute just... Mm-mm-mm. Um, so for Blacks in the Deep End this week before we wrap the show, I want to shout out me. Yeah, I never shout out myself. And so let me shout out myself. In the last two weeks, I have had four pieces published um, in publications. I've had two for The Root. Shout out to The Root. I've had one in Kindred, um, a, a publication through Parents. Shout out to Kindred. I've had one piece in Zora. Shout out to Zora. Y'all know I love Zora. Um, and in that same time frame, I had this podcast, this little janky podcast <laughs> that I adore and love. But it, it's like we're like the little engine that could cross over 30,000 listens, 30,000 downloads rather. And I cannot thank you guys enough. I wouldn't have any of these things without your support, without the the love and appreciation my community gives me you guys are like the wind beneath my wings (laughs) no in all seriousness like I truly 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 appreciate y'all I thank you guys for for listening every week for telling your friends to listen every week for sharing for engaging the way you do for growing these accounts and having us all grow them together. I truly adore each and every one of you. And I thank you so much. Um, and that's going to wrap this week's episode of the reclaimed podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Thank you guys so much for leaving reviews. If you have yet to leave a review, please, wherever you are listening to this, which 90% of y'all are listening on Apple podcasts. Cause I saw the stats. So, Y'all go ahead on over to Apple Podcasts. It takes two minutes. You could do it while you're still listening to me. Go on over, click review, leave a few nice words and five stars. And I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. I actually want to start reading them soon um, on air. So please, 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 please head on over there and drop five stars and, you know, share some love, share some love. Let the people know what you think about it, because not only does it matter to me, it also matters to the platforms that um are broadcasting this this here podcast and so i don't know where that accent came from and i'm sorry <laughs> like i said it is it is 11:40. it is late at night <laughs> and uh, y'all know i get goofy um oh before i end the show if you want to be in the baddest group of patrons around join my patreon that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash whitney elise there are a few episodes of the reclaim podcast which is an exclusive patreon only podcast we get loose in the booth as my husband would say on that podcast i take deeper dives into things that we talked about on the show or i talk um, about a new topic but in a more free way so yeah um 
And that's over on Patreon. There's five different ways you can support any way that you choose. I sincerely appreciate y'all. Um, wondering if there's any news. No, I don't have any news for y'all. All right, that's it. I thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. And as always, peace, y'all. Thank you.